Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, The works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. Come and have an encounter with the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God at work in the life of Pastor Adama Segbaji this Sunday, 10 a.m. at Solution Chapel International, Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, RH10-8DS, or call 01293-885-000 for more information, or on the web at solutionchapel.org. Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles. The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. You already have it, but what happened? You've lost what you have. But you don't want to follow the process to retrace and take back what you have. So look at what she did. Number one, she lighted a candle. Number two, she swept the house. Number three, she sought diligently. And number four, she found it. Well, are you ready for the word? Okay, if you're ready, tell with me, please, in your Bibles to the book of Second Kings chapter 4. The book of Second Kings chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. I read, it says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, creditor is coming to take my two sons to be slaves. Verse 2, so Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your servant or your maid servant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I'm preaching on the message I have titled, What do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? Please understand that we serve a God who is just. God is just. God being just means God is fair. And he's fair to us all. Why? Because God never gives us life without anything. There's no one in this world who can say, I have nothing. We all have something. But most of the times we go through life thinking we have nothing. And sometimes we start saying, I wish I'm this person. I wish I'm that person. But what we have to understand is that God has given to all of us according to our abilities. So we all have something. Now when I say what do you have in your house, I'm not just referring literally to your house. I'm talking also about your life. What do you have in your life? Or what do you have in your hands? You know, when Moses had an encounter with Pharaoh, Moses was crying. Moses said, I had nothing. And God said to Moses, what do you have in your hands? And Moses said, a rod. And God said, that's all you need. That's all you need. Moses used just a rod to deliver the children of God. And so each and every one of us have something. God never position you at a disadvantage. You have something. If you can look deep down in your heart, you will be able to discover what God has given you. So you have something. So you can't say, I have nothing. Now look at the question the man of God asked this woman. Now look at verse 2 of 2 Kings chapter 4 again. The Bible says that, so Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? 
Now, I love it that Elisha did not stop there. Now, if Elisha had stopped there and, and not gone further, the woman would have placed all her responsibilities on the man of God. But immediately, he turned the responsibility from him to her. That what do you, now stop looking at me, what do you have in your house? Good news. Everything you'll ever need in life it's not outside of you. It's inside of you. Amen. That's why Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 says, I cannot fear what man can do to me. The Lord has, he has said, so I may also say, what can man do to me? Why? Because man cannot help you. You see, many of us are scared of men. Some of us are in fear. When we hear a name of somebody who is supposed to be an enemy, our heart begins to palpitate. Ba-boom. 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 They can make music out of your heart. Why have you allowed someone to hold your life ransom? When you hear a name, then your heart is going boom, 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 boom. You start having palpitation. Your blood pressure starts going up high. <laughs> Human beings are very interesting. There's a time, my wife is a very an adventurous person. I am not an adventurous person. So we went on this holiday and then my wife said, let's go to a safari. Now I've been to a safari in Kruger National Park before with my father and we were all in the car and then an elephant started coming. And instead of putting the car in the reverse, he put the car in neutral. And whilst he was accelerating, the car was stand still and the elephant was coming. <laughs> so, since then, I know not to go close to animals. So, there was this time, uh, not long ago, we went to an animal safari here in the UK. Very interesting. Where we have to drive through the animals. Real lions. And so we went, we went through a place where there were monkeys. They jump on the car, eating our things, car. And then I was observing the car. Then when we went to the animal, the lion cage, all of a sudden, the car inside the car, the breathing level went up. <laughs> You can see steam everywhere. <laughs> I said, wow. I can see immediately how the human mind behaves. The breathing level. Everyone, not minus me, not I'm not included. Because at that time I was teaching on dominion. So I had dominion over, <laughs> over all the lions. But I noticed that their children, their breathing level has gone up. My wife's breathing level had gone up. I said, wow. So every time you hear of somebody's name that you don't like, your breathing level goes up high. Are you following what I'm saying? That's why you have to understand the word. He has said, so I may say, Oh, glory. He has said, so I may say. You say what he says. Amen. So it's important for us to understand that God has given all of us something. God has given you something. The sad truth is many of us look at others 
and stop looking at us. This woman had everything in her house to pay her debts. But she was looking outside. Can you see the answer she gave the prophet when the man of God asked her, what do you have in your house? Look at her response. I have nothing. And many of us say the same thing. God will ask you, what do you have? Our first response. God, I have nobody to help me. Oh, nobody to help me. With emphasis on the oh. Revelation chapter 1 verse 17 and 18. Jesus said, I have set a door before you. I have opened a door that no man can shut. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus said, I have opened the door that no man can shut. And guess what? We go around praying. God, open door for me. Open door. I'm believing God for an open door. Jesus said, I've already opened the door. Every door you're believing God for, he has already opened it. He said, I have opened the door that no man can shut. And then we go and say, oh, somebody is shutting the door against me. Now, Jesus, the almighty Jesus, said, I have opened a door that no man can shut. Is the devil stronger than Jesus? What does Colossians say? Colossians chapter 1 says, Jesus made a public show of the enemy openly. When, the, when Jesus was beating the devil, you and I were in Christ. We saw the fight. It was an open fight. It was public. It was not a fight that was reserved for only a few elect to watch. When Jesus was whipping the devil, you and I were there. We saw the devil defeated. So why are you scared of the devil? A little knock on your door, you start screaming. Oh God, oh God, oh God, where are you? Oh God, where? No, no, go, you, come on, come. You see, there are some fights you don't need God. There was a time something was going on in our, in our family and my wife asking, asked me, are you praying for us? I said this, I won't pray about this. There are some things I don't pray about because I understand God too much to pray about this. I understood God so much, I said I will not pray because this is nothing. I won't waste my time. Oh, this carpet feels good. I think it's, it's increased my anointing a little bit. Wow. Are you following what I'm saying? Please understand God. Know God for yourself. This is why in this church, you won't hear any pastor calling you and say, do you need any special prayer? No. 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 Nobody will call you and say, do you need special prayers? We teach you the word so that at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., if the devil knocks on your door, you have a word. You have the word. You have the sword of the spirit to be able to deal with the devil. There are some churches, they will say, oh, consultation. Pastor is free for consultation. At 2 p.m., 2 to 3. And for every consultation, you have to pay 200 pounds or 300 pounds. In this church, we teach you to know that the pastor is no higher than you. The power I have, you have. The God I have, you have. The Bible says that they that know they are God, they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. If you know God just as I know God, what I can do, you can do. That's what Jesus came to teach us. Are you following what I'm saying? 
So it's your responsibility to know the word for yourself. To know the word. Once you know the word, once you know the word, look at all the testimonies that we hear in this church. It's people who know the word, who are using the word for themselves. They don't come to any pastor and say, Pastor, pray for me. I believe in prayer. Prayer has its, its time. There are place, there's a place for everything. But it's not every little thing you go to a pastor and say, Pastor, no, you have the same Jesus I have. Stop devaluing what you have in your life. Are you following me? The Jesus that is in me is where? It's in you. The Jesus that is working through me is working through you. It's the same Jesus. It's not a different Jesus. Romans 8, 11, it says, if the spirit of Christ, the spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead, dwells in you, the same spirit, the same power, the same spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead, dwells where? In you. It says it will quicken, it will quicken, it will quicken your mortal bodies. Amen. So I say, oh, I'm looking for pastor to lay hands. No, you don't need any pastor. You don't need any prophet. God is in you. Amen. Christ is in you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Stop looking outside. Look inside. What do you have in your house? Now, what are the reasons why many people don't know what they have? But before we go there, let's quickly look at how you can discover what you have. Luke chapter 8, Luke chapter 15, verse 8 to 10. Let's see how you can discover what you have in your house. What you have in your house. Luke chapter 15 verse 8 to 10. I read. This is Jesus speaking. He said either what woman having 10 pieces of silver. Notice. If she lose one piece. Do not light a candle. Underline that word light a candle. So number one. She's lost one piece. Right. And then number two. What does she do? She lights a candle. Oh, this is powerful. <laughs> you see, not that you don't have it. You have it, but you've lost it. You already have it, but what happened? You've lost what you have, but you don't want to follow the process to retrace and take back what you have. So look at what she did. Number one, she lighted a candle. Number two, she swept the house. Number three, she sought diligently. And number four, she found it. So can you see how to trace and to take back what you have? What do you do? Number one, turn on the light. What light are we talking about? The light of the word. Thy word is a what? It's a what? It's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So turn on the light of the word. Go to the word. Seek diligently. Everything you'll ever need is in the word. No outside of the word. You say, pray for me, pray for me. No, 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 no. Go get the word. Get the word for yourself. Once you get the word, all your needs will be met. So number one, she lighted a candle. Number two, she swept the house. That's a discovering process, the searching process. Number three, she seek diligently. Oh, I love this. She seek diligently till she found it. How diligent are you? 
Many of us are not diligent. We do a little searching, we can't find, so I give up. We pray a little, we don't see an answer, I give up. No, diligently. What does Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says? It says, God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. God doesn't reward those who do lackadaisical seeking. Those that diligently seek him. So how diligent are you? You search one, you search two, you can't find. They say, I give up. You pray one, you pray two, you say, oh, nothing is happening. You give up. How Do you know that many of us give up at the verge of breakthrough? I have seen single ladies come to this church who have prayed, oh God, give me a husband, give me a husband. And then one week to God giving them the husband, they get angry and storm out of the church. And the very week they storm out, the following week the husband shows up. At the verge of breakthrough. At the verge of what? Of breakthrough. This is not a year to give up. This is a year to be what? Diligent. Be diligent with God. Listen, I believe in grace. I, I believe in grace. I believe that we are under grace. But please understand that being under grace doesn't mean we have to be lazy. Being under grace doesn't mean we don't have to pray. Even Paul, the great apostle Paul, through whom God gave us the revelation of grace, said to us, I am what I am by the grace of God. But in spite of that, he said, yet I labor more. Labor is work. So it's time to seek, seek diligently. What you need is inside, not outside. What you need is where? It's inside. Stop looking for joy outside. Yeah, have you noticed that people who look for joy in the bottle, you look for joy in the bottle. You get a bottle and you get one liter of joy. After you finish drinking the liter of joy, the joy will last for one hour. And then what? You are back to normal. You are sober. And then your, your problems are worse. So joy is not in the bottle. Joy is not outside. Are you following what I'm saying? Mana, mana is not somewhere. If I go to China, if I go to, I go to, uh, where? Australia, it will be well. No, no. No, some of us say, when I come to Babylon, 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 when I come to England, England, everything will be well. You didn't know there was snow. You came and then you saw snow and said, what is this? You have to shiver through the snow and go to work. looking for the manna, but manna is nowhere. Manna is not falling from the trees. <laughs> the more you chase for the money, the more the money is running fast. <laughs> like I've always said, listen, joy is not in a place. Joy is in a person. His name is Jesus. I say his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. So quickly, let's look at three reasons why many can't see what they have in their house or in their house. Three reasons. Reason number one, 
is familiarity. Reason number one is familiarity. Mark chapter 6 verse 3 to 6. This is Jesus going to his own hometown and you know the story. The Bible says that after they saw everything he had done, verse 3, they said, is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon, are not these his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto, him, unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, save he laid hands on, upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching familiarity. You see, familiarity will blind your eyes from seeing what you have. Has somebody come to your house before and see something and say, oh, wow, this is beautiful. And then you say, oh, it's nothing. That person sees beauty, you see nothing. Why? Because you are familiar with the thing. Familiarity is a killer. Familiarity kills the anointing. No matter how anointed you are, familiarity will kill your anointing. This is why I don't call you and you don't call me. So we are not family. Not that I don't have a phone. I have a phone. I have WhatsApp. I have Viber. There's something called Viber, isn't it? Or oh, used to. No more. It's no more there. All the, is it still there? Yeah. I have Skype. I have Facebook. How many of you know I have Facebook? So I know you won't be my friend on Facebook. <laughs> you think Pastor is going to know your business, but don't worry. Yeah, I have all of that. Familiarity is a killer. No matter how, Jesus is the most anointed person that ever walked the earth. But because of familiarity, his anointing did not work in his own hometown. Do you know that you can be in this church and be familiar with me? Do you know, do, do you remember, how many of you remember the first day you walk into this church? You remember, you used to buy messages, remember? You used to buy messages. See, you're laughing. <laughs> you remember? Thursday, when you walk, you used to buy messages. But now you walk past them. You have become familiar. Before, when I say evangelism, everybody meet 1 p.m. You, all of you were there. But now when I say evangelism, oh, I must have my own business. Familiarity. And the anointing you don't honor cannot bless you. Can I say this to help you? Please don't ever be familiar with the anointing that is supposed to bless you. There is a danger that the closer you are to a thing, you become familiar with it. There's a danger. But always be conscious of never becoming familiar with the anointing. Always be conscious of that. When I stand here and I'm ministering, my wife is not my wife. I'm her pastor. If she's not careful to be able to differentiate the seasons, 
she'll miss the blessing. So it's important for us never to be familiar with the anointing. Because the same anointing that is meant to bless you, once you become familiar with it, it can bless you. Others will be blessed. Most of the time, I take the same message I preach here to other churches I preach there. I say, wow, pastor, you are powerful. <laughs> what a powerful message. I'm not saying this because I want anybody to come and tell me after the message, pastor, it's a powerful message. No, no, no. I know who gave me the message. It's, I didn't sit down to craft this myself. This came from the Holy Spirit. So I don't need your approval to know this is good or not. Are you following what I'm saying? I already know it's a good stuff. But after the service, when you come and say, oh, pastor, just this word was for me. Thank you. You are not encouraging me. You are encouraging yourself. Every time after we finish service, my wife will say, God bless you for the message. Thank you for the message. I said, it's not me. Don't thank me. Thank God. But we need to understand the dangers of familiarity. We had a testimony tonight of someone listening to the podcast. When's the last time you listened to the podcast? The fact that it's free doesn't mean you have to become familiar with it. Get this. Is blessing millions across the world. Millions across the world. Millions across the world. Right from Bethlehem, Ephrata, came the Savior. It might be a small village, not on the map of Google, not known by anyone, but right from that small, tiny village came a Savior. One day I was out, out of these buildings, out there praying, and God said to me, from this place, I will be a solution. I'll bless the whole world. I said, God, from this place? And then when it started happening, I said, ah, this is what God has been saying all these years. Now I understand. Right from here, our audio messages are blessing millions. Right from here, our TV broadcast is blessing millions minimum each week our TV broadcast is reaching 6 million people 6 million 6 million Saturday, Sunday 6 million across the world right from here but if you are not careful you will be familiar with it whilst others are trooping others are wishing I get emails every day. Hundreds. Come and preach here. Come and preach there. But I love my house. Not that I don't have places to preach. Even when we have many branches. I wasn't going to any of the branches. I was here every Sunday and every weekday. I was here. That's my calling. So don't be close to the thing and become familiar. Husbands and wives, never be familiar with your marriage. Careful. You can be so familiar with yourselves that you don't put roll-ons any longer. Please don't get to that level. <laughs> Because sometimes some people can be too spiritual. Overly spiritual. You don't make up anymore. They say, oh, I'm in the house. Yeah, I'm in the house. Yeah. No. Put on some makeup. You can't have your nails. Your nails, ladies, your nails have chipped. You've put, what, is it nail polish? If it's red we can see white, white and red. Come on now. Come on. Polish the thing red completely. We don't want to see. It's the dishes. If it's the dishes, wear gloves. 
or buy a, a washing dishwasher. What's that thing? Dishwasher? Buy a dishwasher and stop being familiar. Are you following me? Yeah. And men, you go to work, you do hard job. You bath in the morning, you come, you don't bath in the evening. And you are full of odor, odor from, from, from. Are you following what I'm saying? Don't be familiar. That's why in our marriage counseling, one of the things we teach new couples is that dress, let's, you know, there's something in the Bible called the attire of the hallowed. Oh God, that's another message. You have to, you have to understand, the Bible says the hallowed perfumes her, her bed with aloes. Her bed is silk. Pillows. I mean, make the room a little bit. A little bit. I, I don't know why I'm here now. The, the Holy Spirit is helping somebody now. I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is just helping someone now. I don't know why. I'm supposed to move from here long ago. But I'm just still here. I don't know why. I don't know why. Are you following me? Some of you men, you can't wear one socks for four days. The same socks. You sweat, brothers. Brothers. Brother. We don't want to have nose blind. Very soon this church will be fully air conditioned. So, whatever you bring in will be spread across. <laughs> are, you, are you following what I'm saying? So you have to come in fully refreshed so that when, when you're, you come in, your, your, your fragrance lingers behind. And every week, somebody, there are people are looking about, oh, I can't wait to smell that awesome fragrance. Okay, let me move to the next one now. The second reason why many don't look, can't see what they have is disappointment. Disappointment. Genesis chapter 13, verse 14 to 17. You know the story. You know about Lot. Abraham took Lot with him and then Lot became very blessed and then all of a sudden Lot was blessed because of Abraham but there was contention between the headsmen of Lot and the headsmen of Abraham. And Abraham said to Lot, listen, the land is too big. We don't have to fight. Choose wherever you want. And, and Lot chose the best part. The Bible says that the part he chose was like the garden of Eden. But he chose by the flesh. And so he went away. And then the moment he went away, look at what God said. The Bible says, verse 14, and the Lord said unto Abraham, after Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land that thou seest, through thee I will give it, and to thy seed forever. And I'll make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if any man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, notice verse 14. The Bible says that, and the Lord said unto Abraham, after Lot was separated from him, lift up your eyes. So that means Abraham was so disappointed that Lot had gone. As a result of that, that disappointment led to depression that he didn't know what he had. 
and he was bitter. And in life, it can be so. Sometimes you've helped someone. You've supported them. You've done all you can for them. You've invested in them. And then they disappoint you. They disappoint you. And sometimes you've really hurt. <laughs> you're really hurt. That's when this scripture doesn't make sense. When Jesus said, pray for those who persecute you. You say, what, Jesus, what? Pray for who? Pray for him? Pray for her? I can never pray for them. Uh, I'm not saying this as if it's easy. This is difficult. When somebody you have helped, you have helped them, you have supported them, you have invested everything in them. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they disappoint you. It's painful. Are you following what I'm saying? So sometimes disappointments can blind your eye from seeing what you have. And so Abraham was in this state. After Lot had gone, Abraham was like, no way. After all I've done for Lot. After all I've done for Lot. He's done this to me. At least when I said choose, you would have said uncle, you choose first. But I have good news for you. Don't allow disappointments of the past to imprison your future. There is more land. There is more land. There are more opportunities. There are more blessings out there. This is not the time to be disappointed at all. You didn't get that job. So? You didn't get that contract. So? You didn't get that house. So? Don't be disappointed. Don't allow. You see, this disappointment is a spirit. If you are not careful, it leads to depression. And that's where the enemy comes in. There are more opportunities out there. The last one, the third one, the third reason why many can't see what they have in their house or in their life is bitterness. Number three is bitterness. Now I want to show you a scripture that's so powerful. Now, how many of you know of Hagar? Hagar was Sarah's maid servant, remember? Now you know the story, Sarah was not having a baby for a long time. So Hagar said to, sorry, Sarah said to Abraham, why don't you have a baby with Hagar? And Abraham unfortunately agreed. Unfortunately agreed. And what happened? Uh, Hagar became pregnant. The moment Hagar became pregnant, guess what happened? Sarah was not happy. Sarah said, ah, no, 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 no. And then uh, um, Hagar had a baby and then Hagar also I think started singing insinuating songs said so look at you Sarah you are an old lady you can't have babies you are not fruitful wow this is powerful and you know the end of the story Sarah said to Abraham, cast this woman out. And you know, Abraham was very rich. And so let's look at the story from verse 14. Genesis 21, verse 14. The Bible says, So Abraham rose early in the morning and took, underline that, took bread and a skin of water, underline that, putting it on her shoulder, talking about Hagar, and gave it to her, and the boy to Hagar and sent her away. Then she departed and wandered into the wilderness of Bathsheba. Now, I want you to imagine, Abraham was a very rich man, very wealthy. Genesis 24 verse 1, the Bible says, and God had blessed Abraham in all things. 
So Abraham had gold, he had cattle, he had silver, he had everything. Now when he was sending Hagar out of the house, look at what he gave her. Only a bread and small bottle of water. So guess what? Hagar was bitter. And said, how can I carry your baby? For, for I carried this baby in the womb for nine months. Now I've had this baby and you people have cast me out. And sometimes things like this can lead you into bitterness. Where you have worked somewhere, you have suffered, you have sweated. You've given your all. And then one day they give you a redundancy letter. They say, ah, these people, these people, all I've done for them. When people were chatting, I was working. When the results came, I was the best. Yet, I was the one who was asked to go. This was Hagar's situation. Verse 15, the Bible says that, and the water in the skin was used up, and she placed the boy under one of the shrubs. And she went and sat down across from him at a distance of about a bow shot, for she said to herself, let me not see the death of the boy. So she sat opposite him and lifted her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the Lord. Then the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, What ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the Lord where he is. Arise. Lift up the lad and hold him up with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. Verse 19, key verse. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad to drink. Now, did you notice that she was by the water, but she couldn't see? What made her blind? Bitterness. Bitterness can blind you from what you have. Bitterness can blind your gifts and start looking at your gifts and start looking at other people's gifts. Hagar was by the water. This baby was dying, but because she was so bitter, because of the way she has been treated, she said, no, 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 no. I cannot allow this to go. And guess what? She was dying. She was killing herself. I've always said that bitterness is like drinking poison and thinking your enemy will die. Let it go. Open your eyes. Everything you need is by you. It's in your house. It's not far. It's not outside. This is the message God brought to me to give to you. And in conclusion, listen, I heard my man of God preach this same message years ago. What do you have in your house? And it changed my life. I believe this message is for someone. Stop looking outside. Look where? Inside. Look inside your heart. Look inside your life. Look inside this church. Everything you need is here. Many of you have some professional prophets somewhere that you go to and say, what do you see? And say, because our pastor, he just teaches the word. He can't see anything. <laughs> he can't see anything. All he does is the word. You've forgotten that the word is a sure word of prophecy. You want somebody to see something? Do you have eyes? <laughs> Do you have eyes? Why are you not responding? Do you have eyes? Yeah, if you want to see, see for yourself. Yes. Oh, oh, our, 
pastor is not a prophet. You know, we want this prophetic. You lack, you lack, you lack knowledge. Say, go deeper, go deeper, go deeper, where? <laughs> Jesus said, launch out into the deep yourself. You are asking somebody to go deeper. He said, oh, he's, he's not on fire. He's not sweating. You think sweating is the anointing? <laughs> Where in the Bible did you see Jesus sweat? The only time Jesus sweat was when he was in the garden of Gethsemane about to die. This is not the garden of Gethsemane. This is solution. <laughs> This is the solution. You want me to sweat? What for? Are you, are you getting me, church? Whatever we need is where is inside of us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Did you receive it tonight? Hallelujah. Why don't we give Jesus a better praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's rise up on our feet. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10, 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, The works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. Come and have an encounter with the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God at work in the life of Pastor Adama Segbeji this Sunday, 10 a.m. at Solution Chapel International, Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, RH10-8DS, or call 01293-885-000 for more information, or on the web at solutionchapel.org. Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles.